It's the three of us. Boys, how's everything? Wonderful. Chris, yeah. glad to have you back at the table. Yeah, it's good. Good yes. to be here with you guys again. Good yeah, it, it, it was a little off last week. Got Not going to lie. You know what I mean? Like, just me and Dan. I felt like we needed somebody to ground us. Like, <laughs> you know? I feel like we needed that stability. Yeah. Okay. I needed well, somebody. A tripod is much more stable than uh, whatever a two pod is. Dude. I don't know. I never, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's true. I didn't say that very eloquently, but I hope no, everybody didn't. understands what I You didn't, tried. but that's fine. It's yeah. the, you know, that's that's how we do things here. But <laughs> anyways, uh, guys, have you taught yourself anything that you're like really proud of during this whole thing? Like we've now, we're going on, I think this is, we've been doing this for officially five months. Uh, this So, which is insane to think about. But have you taught yourself how to do anything you're really, really proud of? Because I can tell you I have. I have mastered the strawberry old-fashioned. Mastered it. Yeah. And I will tell you the recipe right now, guys. You get your favorite bourbon, whatever that is. Doesn't matter. Cheap bourbon, expensive bourbon, whatever it is. You know, something that's good to sip. So I wouldn't say, I would say don't use Evan Williams for this. You know? I would just say go up a little bit higher. Like I would, you know what I mean? Just get some bullet, you know, maybe like a Jim Beam single barrel, something like that. Maker's Mark, something that's that you like the taste of, not that you're just like, I like the taste of this whenever I mix it with Coke. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. that's what you got to do. Get your decent bourbon, right? Decent bourbon. You get, you muddle a couple strawberries, two or three, just depending on how much you like strawberries. So muddle them in there. You get a couple spoonfuls of sugar. And then I like to use ginger ale, but it's up to you guys, up to you. Or you can use water. Just use a little bit, not too much. Just a dash, water, dash ginger ale, and then bam, you've got a strawberry old-fashioned. You know, mix wow. it up, of course. Bam, you got a strawberry old-fashioned, and it is my favorite thing to drink right now, and I am very proud of myself for making this. Nice. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking that recipe. I'm Seriously, trying that out this I, weekend. I want to give it to the world because I'm telling you, I am not a person who makes drinks well, but I am a person who can make this drink. And I think if you can make it, then if I can make it, then you can make it even better than me. So mm-hmm. I am proud of myself. Strawberry old fashioned. Try it out. Okay. I love drinks like that. Yeah. It's just like the the manpower you have to put into making them kind of intimidates me. So I just lean toward the easier options, but I would love to learn how to make cool yeah. stuff. It's just three steps. It's super simple. Cause we always have strawberries in the house because of my daughter. Right. So we're always giving her strawberries. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna see what I can do with strawberries. And then I made a strawberry old fashioned and it all works out. I love it. I like that. Yeah. Better not be any fights over strawberries in your house. Don't let her know. Don't let her know you're taking them. I do think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I can't make the strawberry old-fashioned because I can't live with myself if my daughter doesn't have strawberries. She has like three left and you take them for your drink. That's the thing. It gets really weird. It gets really weird at night. So it's like 8 o'clock and I look at the strawberries and I'm like, oh, man, there's only three left. She's got to eat breakfast. Am I going to go to the store before she wakes up? Probably not. Okay, I'll I'll do something else tonight. But yeah, that's what you got. So have you taught yourselves anything over this? Because like that's my biggest accomplishment over this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big one. <laughs> the big one. I'm proud of myself. I. I you know. It's been like five months. That's your biggest accomplishment. I like. That. Yes, it is. Um, 
I have the first thing that came that comes to mind is I've taught myself how to how to do cardio without like a gym, you know, without going to the gym. Um, I have become a creature of habit over the years and am kind of like just, it's a reflex for me when I, I want to do some type of cardio that I'm going to get on a stationary bike or I'm going to get on the treadmill, you know? Um, but I've, I've branched out and found a lot of different ways to, to kind of, stay fit. I've been doing different like hockey dry land workouts, which have been a lot of fun, different circuit training things. I've been going for morning walks every morning. Um, so I'm not learning how to move necessarily, but I'm learning, you know, I knew how to do, I knew how to go for walks before all of this happened, but no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost a lot. I was not allowed to leave the house. Um, so I don't know if that counts. Like I just, I guess I found ways to be more creative in that sense. All right. I learned how to make a drink. Chris learned how to walk and you, Dan, what what do you got? Mine's yeah. I'm sitting here like going like, man, maybe I need to be more productive during this time at home. Um, I don't know if I've necessarily taught myself anything versus mastered something that I thought I knew how to do pretty well already. And that's the art of hanging frames and hanging pictures on the wall. Uh, Didi knows this firsthand, but yes, that's just something I don't necessarily love to do, but I have done it a lot and I think do it fairly well. And I've always, I've had these frames, whether they're in this room or any other room in the house that I've just like, that's one of the things I'd never get around to doing. There's, I have a ton of art and sports memorabilia and I just never know where to put it. And so I finally took the time and we put some stuff up on the walls and it was just crazy how many times uh we actually went and did it and new things that are up on the walls now and how quickly you learn to like master that process um it got to a point where i've got it down to a science i had a friend uh that moved over uh over the summer he asked for my help with those same things i think i put up like three tvs in the process on the wall as well so like Hanging shit on walls, I I got that down. Um, you know, I'll, my master class will be available in two weeks on how to how to hang hang things on walls. So that's what I think I did is I elevated that game from what I thought was pretty competent already. So really very well rounded. Trying it's to be, you know, rounded list. I I was gonna say brewing beer, but that's mostly my girlfriend learning and then me just like reaping the benefits. Yeah. So I didn't want to steal that from her. Um, there's definitely no self-taught anything going on there. That's just me reaping benefits. So, um, I, I couldn't take that from her. So yeah, trying to be balanced. <laughs> well, that's a well-rounded list. So let's start the brunch breakdown. What's going on, guys? <laughs> it's Didi out here in actually in Palm Springs right now. Dan's in Pittsburgh. Chris is in Pittsburgh. And we got a lot to talk about today on the show. We'll get it off our chest to start. We got to talk about the socially distanced concert that's got everybody really excited for concerts right now we'll talk about that we've got a lot of college football news that i know chris uh wants to talk about and i i, I have a great idea for what how college football can move forward for this and i think it's going to be a lot more fun than a lot of the conversation that's surrounding it and uh there is this hilarious viral video with these two kids who are youtubers and uh they re- do reaction videos they did one to in the air tonight for uh phil collins and it was uh 
pretty funny. And we're gonna ask you guys, and we're gonna ask ourselves what uh, you know, what music made us feel that way that was maybe older than us or something that we hadn't heard before. So then, of course, what we're listening to. But let's get it started, guys. Get it off your chest. Who wants to get us started? Christopher, you want to do it? Chris. Sure. Go. I can go first. Um, to explain my absence from last week. Uh, it was an excused absence. If anybody was wondering, I have a doctor's <laughs> note. Um, because my wife and I had our first child. Uh, last hey. last week, yeah. I have no sense of space or time at the moment. Uh, which is due in part to why we're recording this episode a day late uh, <laughs> as a, as compared to when we normally do. Um, um, uh, what I want to dive into at the start of this episode is uh, a realization that I've had in the short period of time since we had our baby. So about, I mean, not even a week and a half. Um, I think I'm starting to learn like whether or not you should have children. So like, if this is something you're thinking about, like (laughs) should you or shouldn't you? Okay. The late realization in the timeline there, Chris, (laughs) I have a, I'm really nervous now. (laughs) No, 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 it's good. I have a very like, like a huge deciding factor for everybody. So if you don't have kids yet and you're thinking about, you know, you want them in the future, I want you to think about does your mom or your dad, anybody in your family, do you have a extremely good cook in the family? Because if you do, let me tell you, it is tremendous. My mom has been bringing over dinner every day since the baby was born. My mother is a tremendous cook and we have been 100% reaping the benefits. It's been fantastic. But I thought to myself, if like everybody in my family sucked at cooking, like that, that may swing this whole experience in the other direction and and make it maybe pretty rough. Okay. (laughs) So just food for thought for everybody, as you, as you look forward into your future and decide whether or not you're going to build a family, if you don't have a a well-established cook in the family, Maybe try and find one. Find a friend that is reliable, that can show up every evening with dinner because uh, it's going to make your life uh, easier and, and and quite frankly, very enjoyable. We've had we've had a fantastic time. So, mom, thank you uh, for all the food. It's been great and uh, looking forward to tonight's drop off. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is so true, though, especially these these first few weeks, these first few weeks of mm-hmm. having the kid at home, it's like having somebody just to know that you were eating because you're talking about time. I, you don't know if you're, you don't know when you're eating. Like I remember Siobhan and I were eating at like 3 a.m. at certain times because we're like, did you eat today? I'm like, no, we did <laughs> yeah. not eat today. Yeah. Having somebody who can drop over food because we had a bunch of friends who were dropping off food that they made or dropping off like takeout food or whatever it was or ordering us pizza or whatever. It's like that is so important. Having somebody just make sure that like you at least eat one meal of the day because yeah. the Dude. day is so crazy. Like before we had the baby, like fitness is a huge part of my life. So nutrition is like what my days would revolve around. I I would have meals at specific times for specific purposes and all of it came together and made a lot of sense. Uh, We had days where I I didn't even realize I wasn't eating. Like 
you're just so busy taking care of different things and, and doing things with the baby and just making sure everybody's set up and okay. That, um, it's the first time in my life. I feel like I just did. I, I forgot to eat straight up, forgot to eat. And, uh, thank thank god for my mom bringing over the food because the dinner is made with built-in leftovers so it bleeds into the next day and yeah it's just been it's been very uh welcome and uh and and a nice addition to the routine beautiful (laughs) beautiful chris congratulations man yes congrats Congrats. thank you congrats and thank you for the uh yeah making me think through everything in my future now regarding whether or not Children are a good idea based on if my family can cook or not. So thank you for that heads up. Yeah, it's a little known factor that the world needs to know. <laughs> yeah. And for those who are wondering why last week's episode was called OMG, uh, Oh My God Brunch, uh, Chris, you can tell them why. Uh, Olivia Madison Gates is our daughter's name. Her initials are OMG, was not planned, but was a very happy accident when we realized how the name came together. So, uh, yeah, that was a nice little subtle shout out <laughs> when when I woke up in the recovery room the next day and saw like an update brunch breakdown. <laughs> oh my, oh my gosh, brunch or whatever. Yeah, that was like, I was, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like subtle that. nod to you. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to go next. Uh, here's what I'm going to get off my chest. Please, for the love of God, yes, stop. I love when stop, things start this way. Stop, stop making real political arguments about Kanye West. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Nothing makes me more mad than, okay, so here's the thing. If Kanye wants to say he's running for president, that's fine. He can, you know, let MTV talk about it, let TMZ talk about it, let E! News talk about it, all these people. But please, for the love of God, Politico, like CNN, Fox News, whatever, wherever you get your stuff, do not waste polling. You're wasting poll time on Kanye West. No, and it's like today a poll came out and it was like Kanye West fails amongst black voters. It's like, how stupid do you think people are? You know what I mean? No one really is saying, oh, I'm voting for Kanye West. That's what I'm doing. No one's doing that. He got 2% on some poll. And I'm like, I'm sure the 2% of people just put that down because they're like, um, yeah, I'm just going to put this down just for fun. 2% yeah. of people are not really voting for Kanye West. And it's also an insult to people who are actual like third party candidates. Like I know last, last in 2016, it was a big deal about like Jill Stein, but she was a real candidate. People actually believed with what she was, what, what she was talking about. Right. And that's fine, but he's not a real candidate. Please stop. No one's actually voting for Kanye West. And the people who are, we're going to go out there and write in like their dog's name anyways. And those articles come out after an election. How many people voted for like Joe Schmo or some wrestler they like, or the rock or John Cena or whatever. Like, People were going to do that anyways. Stop wasting time on Kanye West running for president. It's really making me mad. And also, it's really making me mad because this is Joe Biden's fault. Because if Joe Biden wasn't like a thousand years old and just <laughs> and just boring and terrible and all the things, we wouldn't be even talking about anyone taking votes from him. So just stop. Just please stop. No one's stupid enough to vote for Kanye West. Please stop wasting time on that. Please. Had to get that off my chest. Ooh, had to get it off my chest. I mean, that's a good one. You know, it, it's all it, all of this stuff, man. It's all about the clicks. Yeah, it's all I it know. is. It's a headline that's going to get people to click. Unfortunately, that's the way things roll now. They, you know, 
It's yeah. it's about what gains attention. It's not about like what's important. It's just embarrassing. I feel oh, yeah. like for like publications and news networks that you actually trust, whether whatever side you're on, right? Whatever side you're on, if you're in the middle, whatever. It's like you're supposed to be able to go to places so you don't get the BS. And then when right. you go to those places, you see people talking about polling numbers for Kanye West. What do we, what do we, I, it's annoying, but yeah, had to get it off my chest. It was bugging me today. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my, uh, segment for get it off my chest is more of a, you know, a special shout out, you know, uh, uh, almost an in memoriam, if you will, not to bring the tone down, but I want to, you know, explore the world. This is the brunch breakdown after all. Let's talk brunch buffets. Okay. Now we all know 2020, 2020 has absolutely destroyed the life of any buffet, a China buffet, a brunch buffet, a lunch buffet, uh, a sushi buffet, if you will, whatever it is, buffets are dead. Cruise ship buffets. Forget it. See ya. (laughs) But like brunch began with the brunch buffet. Like, Maybe it was country clubs, whatever it was, like the idea of having all of these options of breakfast and lunch in the buffet, the best American meal ever, started with the brunch buffet and and it's dying slash dead. So the issue I have with this is they didn't get any respect. Right. It became like this, like laughing thing, like brunch buffet, like, come on, we're going to go here and get brunch. But here's the thing. Here's the problem with the brunch buffet. It was too ahead of its time. They weren't ideal or really accessible for like post, you know, late night out, like post hangover brunch, which is a big demographic for brunch goers, if you will, present company included. Um, And so brunch buffets weren't really scaled to that clientele. You know, like I said, you're going to a country club, you're going some, it just wasn't made for that. The mimosa wasn't as big as it was. And all these other restaurants took that idea and like capitalize off of it. And like, like, let's just make it sit down and have like really high quality meals and people will get to choose that way. So you know, shout out to brunch buffets is all I want to say, because I don't think we're having the brunch breakdown without the brunch buffet and everything that it offered, um, whether it be wet eggs or not. We've talked about that on episodes past, as long as you're not having wet eggs, but you can have brunch and lunch. That's what brunch is at the brunch buffet. A lot of these brunch meals aren't, you know, truly what brunch is. It's late breakfast. Let's be honest. I know what these restaurants are doing nowadays. So, you know. Shouts to the brunch buffet, man. It's, I don't know when it's going to come back. You know, it's, it's dead in the water as it stands, but, uh, I wanted to give it a special shout out. It's having a rough year and it deserves much more credit. What, what episode number is this? 13. 13. <laughs> I feel like Dan's been stewing on this. <laughs> Based on that intro for like 13 weeks. Do you have do you have it's like important. a bullet? Do you have like an outline sitting next to you so you have outline. all the? He's got a timeline. Did you hear that? He's got a timeline, dude. He took us back into like the 1940s when brunch buffets started. That was right. unbelievable. 
Dude, that was like an episode of Drunk History. Have you ever watched Drunk History? <laughs> like, Dan just took us through brunch history. There was like, <laughs> there was so, there there were no facts in there whatsoever. No, He's like, no facts. I think brunch, you know, brunch started back in the country clubs in 1832. <laughs> You're like, okay, Dan. <laughs> right. No facts. No facts involved. They're just. Uh... You know, I should have done some more uh, research in with that and I and had a timeline. I wish I would have been able to present that in that way, but uh, it all no, sounds right, right? No, it all no sounds facts, right. no facts, just passion. That's another facts shirt. Wasn't that That's an episode we did for years Dan. ago? Was was facts don't matter? Wasn't that an episode title? I feel like it was. That's fair. No, I think it was. That's fair. Yeah. So there facts you go. Don't so matter. Shots to the brunch buffet, man. You know, a couple of years. Give it, a, give it a chance. Give it a chance again. Wow. Wow. What a way to start, guys. All right. Well, that was getting off our chest. Now let's get into this uh, this socially distanced concert. A dude named Sam Fender uh, over across the pond had a concert and it was in like what looked like a regular like amphitheater type spot where you have lots of people packed in. Well, now you kind of can't do that because of social distancing, but they uh, had little pods of people in different places. I guess it was five per little box. And this concert kind of went viral. You can see this anywhere. And they pulled this off. 2,500 people, all distance. What do you guys think of this? Love it. Yeah? That, that's the only way I ever want to go to one of those concerts. <laughs> like, the, the first thing I, I thought when I saw that was D- Dan and Didi go to Coachella. They love it. That's the only way you could ever get me to go to Coachella is if you give me my own box seats to remove everybody. But I mean, that's what it is. It's it's basically box seats for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you're with your group. So if you're going with a group, you should be able to be in close proximity with those people, but removed from everybody else. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I um yeah, it is it's like Podchella. Um it's an amazing <laughs> idea and yeah, I'm hugely in favor of it, in a favor of it for a number of reasons. One, if that's the way it's getting us back to concerts, I'm basically taking anything at this point, to be honest with you. And that setup doesn't look too terrible at all. Um, and then there are just some concerts there. That type of setting is is better. It's like being in a in a lawn seat type of concert where you're around your friends and you have the freedom to move without being in chairs or anything like that. Uh, and you have space. So you're not standing in this big general mission pit area where you can kind of like sit back, relax in chill. So I think especially dependent upon the concert, um, it can be, it'd be something I'm, I'm big time in favor of. And it looked like people were enjoying it. Um, we'll, we'll shoot out that video along with when this, uh, episode guys lies, if you haven't seen it by now, but yeah, I'm big time in favor of, in favor of it. It seems safe. It seems smart. People are plenty of distance apart. You know who you're going with, so you're close to people that you know. Um, but I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it's genius. You know, um, it's just a matter of how much you'd be willing to pay for something like that, I guess, because there's a lot more infrastructure right involved and a lot less people there. Yeah, I I mean, I don't have a problem with this. Like you said, Dan, like it's I I just I I want concerts back and I will take this for whatever way. And also there's I I feel bad for people who are younger than us who like want to be in the pit, you know, 
arm to arm, smashed up. I mean, we're all right. like in our mid thirties who love there. to go to shows, but we're like there. if it can just be me and my five people, yeah, like I'm good with that. <laughs> like we're all in the pod together. Like I am perfectly fine with that. You know, the riffraff, whoever they can be super drunk in your own little square. Like that might be another thing that, you know, that sticks around through all of this. Maybe box seats just become more of a thing. I, so I don't know the detail. Like I, I, all I saw was the video. So I don't know all the details about how it functioned, but the, the, the next thing that came to mind for me was like, are there servers? Because yeah. that's key. One, it means people aren't in concession stand lines, which is huge. And also convenience. I mean, that's, that makes it that much better that I don't have to leave my pod to go like, they're just going to come around every once in a while, get my drink order, get my food order. Whew, that would be awesome. Yeah. I think you could even do it where you're selling it on different levels, right? Where certain levels have more things that come with them, whether, you know, you get the the server that's there for you all the time and you have like uh, private bathrooms or something like that. Um, I can see this really starting to expand and becoming a thing that grows It'll be interesting to see what happens in different areas of this country if it gets to that, because it's really, yeah, well, I guess that's a good question. Does you, can you do limit this just to outdoor venues? I guess it could be done in a big enough indoor venue, um, you know, whether if, even if it's just like an arena that again, it can be really, you know, tricky. You're not getting as many people in there, but you know, if, if this is something that actually goes through into next summer, are we sitting here a year from now and this is the, you know, realistic world of what outdoor concerts are still going to be like a year from now. But yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to capitalize on it. Like I said, I think, it, you know, the production value probably costs them a little bit more and you're not getting as many people in there, but that's worth, that's worth it versus nothing, right? The odd, the other option is, is nothing. And this is way better than something I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago was like these drive-in concerts and those are still, going on so i think it's this it's it's similar to that but it's it's even better it's it's much better than that idea yeah you're not getting as many people in there but like since they can upcharge because of the convenience then they can make probably the same amount of money you know yeah and then in the drive-in thing has never really sat completely right with me because it's like a novelty thing it's like you go to a driving concert, you're like, oh, remember that year in 2020 yeah. where we went to go see blah, 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 like, you know, in our cars. But that's not something you're going to want to do all the time. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel like a concert. Like, this looked like a show. Like, this looked no different than if you've ever had a box at an amphitheater or I know, like, it, wherever you go, if you've ever had a box in an outdoor place like that, like, that's what that looked like. It just looked like everybody had one. And yeah, you can pay more for that. And if you add servers, you can pay more for convenience and i think you can do it indoors it just would be the i feel like it would have to be like in a instead of if you usually play like a 2000 seat venue you end up moving that to like an arena and then the floor is filled with those boxes yeah instead of like because then that's how you space it out and you still get that amount of people down there or still get you know however you still get at least close to that mm-hmm. i just think that's you know people are just got to be creative i think it's going to be an interesting time for concerts um when this comes up but that looked i mean i'm i'm here for it but you had to but the, the resale market those people are gonna be mad because i heard because i read that you had to buy five you had to buy the box so you have to buy five tickets that's how they sold them 
Yeah, which yeah. I think is fine, but I think that that sucks if you can't go because then I like I wonder if there's rules with that. It's like, do you have to sign up? Do you have to put your name on the ticket because of you know the time we're in right now? I don't know, but you know, I'm willing to I'm willing to pay more than what a concert ticket usually costs for that generally, but especially now with not being able to go to concerts for months, uh, if that's the option. I'm I'm all for any sort of upcharge to you know be in an environment like that again. Well, I mean, it you know going into next summer, I know we all hope that this is, that things are a lot safer and everybody's healthier and there's a vaccine and all that type of stuff. But that doesn't if all of that is the case, that doesn't mean everybody's still going to feel super comfortable around each other. So right. to to kind of what Didi was saying, like this maybe should be something that amphitheaters and outdoor venues seriously consider. Um, think about like the country, all the, co- I mean, summer is, is such a big time for like all those country music acts that just like roll through every amphitheater in the, in the country. What are they doing yeah. this summer? Nothing. But Nothing. if those amphitheaters can get creative, you can make it happen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the bigger ones, like we, you know, like the, the big touring act, like the Kenny Chesney's, the Luke Bryan's, the ones who sell out the, the stadiums, like, do you want to play shows or can you just put a bunch of boxes in Heinz field? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think you can make that happen. I, yeah. this, it, this make gets me excited just because it looks like, cause I've been wondering how concerts were going to be. And we've seen some of them that have gone bad or some of them that the ones that have, that have actually went the way they're supposed to this look weird. This looks like a concert. So gets me excited that like, we're going to get concerts back at some point soon. So I'm we have excited hope about that. I love it. Yes. We have hope. We have hope. I love it. I love it. Coronavirus hope talk into not so much. Let's talk college football, guys. <laughs> yeah. There's the segue. Yeah. Now we'll go down. Uh, Yeah. College football. It's like Big Ten, Pac-12. They just canceled uh, football for both those. The Pac-12 said no winter sports either until further notice. So that means basketball is out for the Pac-12. So uh and and all the other i think uh, the other conferences like the sec says they're gonna try to move on the big 12 put out their conference schedule today um yeah i mean as we're all fans but you guys season ticket holders for uh for pit football how are you guys feeling about uh all of this do you want to start, man? <laughs> yeah. Chris, the excitement just beams off your face. So you gotta, you know, you gotta share that with us. I know what you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, it's not the the confidence level can't be high for anybody. Um so not, you know, and I I don't feel great about it. Uh it's it's fitting that the weirdest mainstream sport, which is college football for a number of reasons that we're not going to get into, just like when everything's perfect, college football is so weird. Um, (laughs) So for us to be now in just this even weirder situation is kind of hilarious and sad at the same time. I'm really like fascinated by like, I'm, I am super entertained by everything that they're trying to do and the proposals and who's doing what and who's not. And just like seeing the news updates each day, what changed today and who's doing this and then who says they can't because like the, the, this, the conferences have like their own medical teams and like there are doctors here saying, yeah, you can play football. And there are others here that are like, no, 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 you can't do that. So I don't understand any of it. It's entertaining. 
Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the confidence level is not high. Yeah, it's it's a mess because they're all kind of determining it based on a risk factor, right? They all have the same scientific information and evidence and things like that. And they have the advantage of kind of seeing what these other sports have done to try to get back. Now, the big disadvantage is there's no way you can bubble the sport of football, period, let alone college football, which is absolutely enormous across these, uh, you know, uh, conferences and things like that. So it's no shock. It was, I it was a matter of time before somebody was going to come out and say they weren't playing football. Uh, it actually started with a mid American conference, Northern Illinois went into a meeting and they're like, Nope, we're not playing. And then everybody else was like, maybe we shouldn't play either. Um, <laughs> and then they don't have the money to test everybody for a small conference like that. And I think that sort of kid became that domino effect because all of a sudden the big 10 went from releasing their schedule to six days later, canceling the entire season. It's like, wait a minute, what did you guys find out? Are you guys not telling us something? Um, so it is, it's wild how it evolves day to day, not even week to week, but, uh, day to day, you know, I think the sec especially is going to do whatever they can to try to play football this year but it just seems really really difficult to to be able to do something like this they've slated it where there's you know two off weeks where if they need to cancel something uh postpone a game whatever it may be that's a thousand percent gonna is gonna happen the amount of kids on a college football team they're going to be on campus throughout the week again you can't even bubble them on campus as much as you want to it's really, really tough ask. Are you going to ask them to never go out on the weekends? Ask a college kid to do that? Best of luck, everybody. Uh, that isn't going to work. So as much as you want to test them, you can try to pull out uh, you know, the guys that are positive. It's going to spread so quickly. I think it's going to be an, an unfortunate mess. Um, if we see a couple of weeks of college football, I think I'll be happy uh, to at least do that, whether that be in person or on TV. So, um, But I think those conferences that you mentioned, the ACC the SEC, the Big 12, uh, I can appreciate their um, you know, understanding that they're just being patient, that they're not saying we're playing football. I think the SEC is saying that, but they're not 100% in. But they're still, what, five, six weeks even until some of those seasons technically start. So you don't have to pull the plug yet, but I don't know what miraculous thing they expect to happen within that time frame where – it can't just uh, blow up in their face and everybody focuses on um, spring football. See the testing part that when I read about the testing and how much it costs to like test in mass like this, Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, all right. That's a lot of schools aren't going to be able to do this. I'm like, I, cause I mean, I'm a West Virginia university grad fan, all that stuff. Can they afford to do this? I, I, I would assume no that they can't afford to do this in the right way. And then you talked about the Mac. It's like, those schools can't afford to do that. <laughs> That's why the first ones were to go were like the MEAC, the SWAC, the, you know, the Mac, all these schools. They were like, yeah, we're not doing this. The Ivy League was the first to go. And they're like, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're not doing this, guys. It's just not happening. And, you know, and you've had this turned into like a whole political thing, which is kind of stupid because everything has to turn into, oh, you're on the left. Oh, you're on the right. It's like, no, we just kind of don't want kids to die from these weird heart diseases or brain things that could come that could possibly come from COVID, right. you know, like. But one thing I have thought, and this turns this into a interesting conversation, is I think college football from here on, I think we're about to see a huge change in it all. I think we're going to have. 
college football with these huge schools, I think, and I think this could work. I think with the schools that have the money, like your Alabama, your Clemson, your Texas schools, all of that, I think they are going to break off and turn in Ohio State, turn these into their own little situation that they have. And they're going to have their own league and deal by their own rules. And they will have the money to do all this stuff. And then I think the rest of college football will just be regular college football. I think because I think that's what's happening right now is you're just seeing the schools who are are the loudest. The conferences that are the loudest are the ones with the schools that just have unlimited donors. These guys who are billionaire, oil people, all that. And they're making sure they'll, we have all the money to do this, but most of college football can't do that. So I think you're going to see a huge blow up in college football. And I don't know. I I mean, I, of course, facts don't matter. I don't know if this could possibly, if this could happen in contracts and TV and all that stuff, but I just think that we're going to see just a huge super conference thing that's going to happen. And then everyone else is going to just, you know, conference up and that's going to be regular college football as we know it. And there's just, that's how I'm looking at this situation. I think, I don't know. I feel like that's, that could work. And I kind of a little excited about it. I think some things could actually turn um, college football away from the crazy conference situation that we had like 10 years ago and kind of get some things back to normal. Yeah, I'm with you in a sense. Like, I think that one of the resulting factors from this is going to be that everybody agrees that, okay, we've been doing this for 150 years with no centralized uh, leadership at all. And the NCAA is supposed to provide some type of leadership and they are just hands off with everything. So I, I, I kind of think that the five power conferences are going to start communicating more. And we may see five years down the road or so that um, they, they are their own league now. And, and to, to what you said, Didi, then the rest of college football is just the rest of college football. Maybe they play in the spring. I know some people have suggested that, but um, yeah, there, there has to be some sort of leadership that that or governance over the whole thing because it's just ridiculous that like these commissioners aren't talking to each other but they're all trying to play a season and compete for the same national championship that makes no sense and then they they think they're on the same page but then the big 10 changes things and then everybody else changes things and moves their seasons back and then everybody thinks they're on the same page again and then the big 10 just cancels the season without talking you know like that's that's why it goes back to what I said. Like I, part of the reason I love college football is because it's so weird, but this is an aspect of the weirdness that is like gonna, you have to, you have to change it. It's, it can't keep going on like this. Yeah. Cause you have those big schools, even within those conferences, the uh, big 10 and the PAC 12 that want to play. And you have the presidents actually voting on this decision, making it even more complicated because you see the movement all over social media where the players want to play, the coaches want to coach, they all want to be out there, even the athletic directors, but the presidents of these universities are making these decisions and they don't align with necessarily what their conference is deciding. So the you know idea for them to separate, I think, is even uh, more likely. Uh, I heard something today that said that the fact that the Power Five are not on the same page, if three of them play and two of them don't, that is changing the landscape forever, that it's not going to be 
the power five anymore that they're not on the same page. Cause like you mentioned, uh, Chris, there's no leadership there. The NCAA isn't and can't do anything about this. That's the the crazy part. So do we all hope that there is some college football this fall? Absolutely. Would it be great if we got it in the fall and the spring? <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah. yeah. Um, whatever's safe, you know, whatever works might have two national champions, whatever it is. Um, but it's going to be very interesting over the next few weeks to see even more, uh, how it continues to develop. I think, uh, the sec is the last man standing on the ship and they're going down with it, whether they, uh, want to or not. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I think if you're in the South, you're going to have, we're going to have football to watch down there, but, um, yeah, a lot of money, a lot of contracts, a lot of things. Didi, you mentioned, we talked about the testing, the, even the money for the testing. It all, it all has to be considered. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, can't, I don't envy any of these people in these no. positions. Uh, you know, especially if something terrible would have happened, what the backlash from that would be. Uh, let's just hope that we don't get to something like that. But, um, you know, everybody, everybody's uh, wanting the same thing, but you know, having to make these decisions can't be easy. Yeah. And another, uh, another thing that's really annoyed me though, is that like, when I talk about these things, it, it it just comes from this place of like, I I guess maybe because I'm a parent now or something. And I'm thinking about like how these parents have to decide if they're going to send their kid back to West, back to Morgantown or send their kid, you know, and who knows where they're from all, you know, college football is national. Like you could have a kid in California. He's coming to West. He goes to West Virginia to play football. It's like, do I want my kid to do that? I don't know. I don't like. I don't think I would let my kid go back. I'm like, you know what? No, I think we're gonna opt out this year. Like, I think I'd rather you just, you know, have your health, and yeah. you know, then we'll we'll see how it works out next year and stuff. Like, I think that, and that's where I come from. It's not that I don't want football. I think there's this weird sided thing that's turned into where it's like, oh, you go, you want football canceled or whatever. It's like, no, I don't want football canceled. I love football. I want college football there. You know, it's just that like if we, it just seems weird when you're doing it with like with kids who aren't paid they get their scholarship i know and that's a whole different conversation but it's like with the nfl these guys are making a choice if they want to play they are getting paid this is their job and if that's what they want to do cool but with college kids and kids between 18 and 23 years old i'm like you kind of have to protect them and i know they're adults but you have to protect them because of course they want to play hashtag we want to play yeah no shit we know they want to play everybody wants to play but it's just like is it safe i I just I I would like it to be safe and not have to think about uh, is this player going to get sick that you know that this just happened to on the field because that's just going to make for an like it's not going to be enjoyable to like watch college football. Well, the the waiver thing. So like there were schools early on that were having their players come back and sign waivers to like release liability, and and that that quickly got kind of scratched. And I think all the conferences now have said you have the ability to opt out and and save your scholarship. So so that's a good thing. You know, depending on how many players would opt out, then you could be looking at a product that's just kind of like, all right, well then why you know, why are we really really doing this? Um it's just such a delicate balance, but you know, to to that point you made Didi, I, I think you know with the players being paid or not well they're obviously not being paid. Um I think that's probably another domino that falls with this whole thing. And I don't know how, how quickly it'll happen, but 
Um, if you have that shared governance, then you have an opportunity to maybe have a council of players, a representative from each team, and they can have a voice in this because the really unfortunate thing is the kids don't have a voice and they're doing their best to try and unify themselves. But, you know, at the end of the day, as it is right now, the, the, uh, I mean, every big 10 football player said they want to play and then the, the conference canceled the season. And there's a lot of reasons why they did that. So, um, man, it's just, there's so many factors that, that come into this whole thing. It yeah. makes it confusing, but, uh, you know, to, to Dan's point earlier, um, to, to bring this back, you know, full circle, I, I agree with you, Dan, in that I think that as of right now, the pack or not the pack, the big 12, the ACC and the SEC are, I think they're right in still waiting this out for the sole reason of everybody put in protocol because they said that this is how we can do it safely. And I thought it was a little premature for the big 10 and the pac 12 to do it for five days and then pull the plug where, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they didn't, most of the schools didn't even start their training camp yet. Right. Um, uh, what I'm interested in seeing is just, okay, when these schools start their training camps, what do things look like? I mean, we may find out really quickly that it's, it's a horrible situation. And then obviously, yeah, you got to scrap it, but, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a little bit premature. And I, why do you release the schedule five days before you're just going to cancel the season? Man, right. like if I'm a Big Ten fan, I, talk about the emotional roller coaster. That's not fair. If that happened to me if with Pitt, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I'd be requesting like four dinners a day from my mom. I would be so upset. <laughs> yeah it's i mean this story will keep is, is ongoing as we keep saying but uh but just we had to talk about it because stuff happened this week and you know it was interesting one big point to make to point out is like michigan's president is an epidemiologist and i believe one of the schools in the pac-12 the one of their presidents is an epidemiologist too that may have something to do with why they were the first two to just be like we're done and that's what we're doing so We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, let's get into something fun. Dan, let's talk about this one uh, in the air tonight. Let's. Uh, you brought this one up in the old uh, group message. Tell us about it. Yeah. So the video video that went viral uh, about a week ago, I guess now, is you have the, the two twins uh, that are listening to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins for the first time. And the reaction is absolutely priceless if you haven't seen this video please do yourself a favor and and go and watch the whole thing just their reactions to when the when the beat drops and how it like drops halfway through the song and they're like who drops the beat halfway into the song totally unexpected uh and it had me thinking you know that song is really old um and so for them those kids to be hearing it for the first time and getting that raw reaction was pretty cool and it just had me wondering you know were there, was there ever a, a song, a moment like that, that I had heard a song that was, you know, out w- way before my time and remember hearing for the first time it had a similar reaction. So I, I posed that question to you boys to see if there was something that you could remember hearing a song for the first time that just wowed you, but uh, was way past the time when it was initially released. So anything come to mind? Dude, Prince's whole catalog. Listen. 
my parents, I love them. They gave me my great musical tastes. Like they have so much different kinds of music in my house. But somehow Prince got skipped over in my house. And I don't know how. I mean, all the because I was born in the 80s, lots of Michael Jackson. Of course, my dad loves James Brown. It's just just every kind of music possible. My mom's a huge Beatles fan. Like every kind of music playing in my house, right? But for some reason, I didn't really get into Prince until college. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God this guy's incredible. <laughs> like I was literally, I did nothing but talk about Prince for like a solid year when I was in college, because I was like, this guy is better than everybody. What is the deal? And then, you know, as you learn, it's like, you tell, you talk to older people about this, like, yeah, like Prince was like that dude. And especially after Prince's death. And it was like, really like every, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he was that guy. And as I just remember hearing the beautiful ones for the first time, if you haven't heard the song, it's it to my, it, to me, it's Prince's best song. And it's just like, his voice is incredible. He's playing the guitar on this track. Like, I didn't know he could just play every single instrument. Like, Prince's catalog is just insane. And I just, and that's how I felt when I just, I felt those kids' energy when I was like, when they're, when they're listening to In the Air tonight and just saying all these things. And I'm like, that's exactly how it felt when I was like, did a deep dive on Prince when I was in college. And it was just like, insane. Chris, what about you? You have any song that uh, really, really hit you hard when you heard it for the first time? That was maybe a little, a little older. You know, not necessarily one that's that's a, an older song. I when I, but when I watched those uh, two kids react to this song, it made me think of how rare it is nowadays to not know a popular song just in general, even if it is an older song like that one, just because of our ease of access to music. And it took me back to when I was in, um, you know, high school and, and Dan, you can relate. I mean, we, we had two bands and we were feverishly writing music and trying to, you know, network with other bands and stuff like that to find a way to, to get our, our music out there. And, I just remember remember how cool it was to discover new bands back then because you had to really work. You couldn't put Spotify on and do a station for a, an artist and then stumble upon somebody that you've never you never heard of. You had to go to shows and you had to see bands and catch the openers and then find out who they were touring with. And um, it made me think about that a lot. And for whatever, I mean, the band that I thought of is nowhere near... <laughs> on the level of Prince. So I apologize for that. (laughs) But uh, we were in a ska band growing up and I remember trying to find like bands and new sounds and stuff like that. And when I stumbled upon the band Streetlight Manifesto, uh, which if you haven't heard of them, I mean, they just like basically every song is a symphony. I just remember stumbling upon them and and just the sound explosion that it, it gave me was unbelievable. And I couldn't stop listening to their stuff. And so I guess more than any anything, the that, that's kind of what it it, it took me back to because like even that song, that's like a really popular song from the Hangover movies. Like how did you how did like it's so it was a popular song then, and then it was in a really popular movie later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was surprised that they hadn't heard that, and it made me think about how it's just it's it's hard to not know songs from the past anymore. It's a weird sentence, but that that's kind of what it I thought of. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's a really good point. Where, yeah, you, you, there's no, there was no ease of access as there is now to be able to to find all of those things. And would, a lot of those things weren't even 
digital when music became digital, right? Yeah. Those yeah. those catalogs weren't weren't readily available even then. You couldn't log onto LimeWire and pull up, you know, everything available. It just it, it just took so much longer for all that stuff to become uh, digital music. Um, Didi, you mentioned Prince. That's one that absolutely came to my mind. Was that was mind blowing to me the first time that I had heard Prince's music. Um, it, but even growing up, like being born in the eighties and growing up in the nineties, there was still music that I probably should have heard, but I didn't hear until yeah. much, much later. Like you mentioned Michael Jackson. Like, I think I was familiar with Michael Jackson, but he was still putting out music in the nineties, but like even just songs like thriller. The first time I heard it, it was just like, holy cow, this is something different here. This is something completely different. A lot of Michael Jackson's older stuff that I didn't get around to until much later. Unfortunately, um, it, the Beatles as well. The song yesterday, I still think I react to that song today the way that I heard it the first time. I'm just a mess, just an absolute mess when I hear yesterday or even Blackbird by the Beatles. Oof, do not get me started. Um, but then the other one uh, I remember clearly was a specific song was Piano Man by Billy Joel. And if anybody drove around in my car in high school when I first got it, uh, you know that I, that was on every burnt CD. I think that I had on full blast, dude, <laughs> just like discovering this like new tune, like piano man blasted it, singing every word. I man, love it. I see my, the entire senior year of high school is defined by that song just because, <laughs> just because you were the only kid with a car and that was always on the CD. Yeah. Yes. That's it. <laughs> Oh my God, Dan, you were that guy. You were that, that guy? guy who was like, listen, I'm the one driving. We're listening to Piano Man. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to just like fully break open that box, it was Piano Man and it was uh, Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Now that wasn't an old song, but man, man, did I love that song. And I turned that shit up all the way. That was a great song. Those were always, always on those burn CDs. You know, I had them up on the up on the visor, like all these like twelve or ten CDs, and no doubt that was on every single one of them. Both those songs, so good. <laughs> I remember. I am, oh my gosh, that was yeah. Um, speaking of what you said, Chris, about those kids, you're like, I can't believe they hadn't heard the song. Hangover is now eleven years old. Oh. Thought I'd let because I was like, how old is the Hangover? And I'm thinking like 2012 or something. No, 2009. 2009. 2009. Yeah, the Hangover is 11 years old. So, yeah, it, it, and those kids are young in that video. So, like, they're yeah. I, I would guess that they were like 10 years old when the Hangover came out. That's yeah, what I sure. would guess. Yeah, so, I guess I, I think of the Hangover as like a still somewhat fresh in the memory movie, but. It's 11 years old. That plus realizing that my daughter's going to graduate college in 2042 have made me feel really old this week. So thank you for adding to that. I don't like any of that. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. I can't wait until I can't wait for Olivia Insertion to be like, we're going to Coachella. Let's do this. In 2045. And me. 2045 Coachella. (laughs) We're like, can we reserve a pod so we're not around all the (laughs) time? Oh man, I just yes. thought about that. We're gonna be like, oh crap, our kids are gonna go to a concert and then like we're gonna be like, all right, you gotta check in at like in, in an hour. You gotta come back and see me in like an hour. Mm-hmm. Then you can go back. Wow. Yeah. That's gonna be a thing. Wow. Wow. 
I just lost my mind for a second. Okay, well, let's get into what we're listening to. All right, guys, this week, um, a, a, an amazing video came out this week. I want to start it off with this uh, uh, called uh, WAP, WAP with uh, <laughs> Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. Did you guys check out the video? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> also, one I won't forget the first time I watched. I won't forget <laughs> I wish somebody was recording my reaction when I watched that video for the first time. Cause woo, that's woo. Wow. Something. Big there's time a, wow. There's a yeah. lot happening. And uh, but I specifically liked the um the parodies of it that came out after it was released. Like there was one where they opened a door and uh Michael Scott was dancing in the room to the Cafe song. Disco. Like, yeah, that was the the parody that's a very parody strong. Uh, music video which i appreciate yeah there's lots of parodies uh lots of people popping up in those side rooms which i think is uh like super funny there's one with like nancy pelosi dancing on the uh (laughs) in one of the side rooms someone put like ruth bader ginsburg's face on somebody (laughs) dancing inside i dude the the internet's amazing i just I, i love the internet so much but but yeah um that video is in- incredible, and I can't really say too much about it without getting a work email. So I'm, you know, <laughs> it's, a gr- it's a great video, though. It's, yeah, have on the incognito browser or something or on your phone away from public places when you watch that video. But yeah. wow, big wow. Yeah. It's not one to watch at your local public library. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, what are you listening to? Chris, since you missed last week uh, and the week before last, too. That's right. Yeah. Let us know what you were listening to. We haven't caught up with you right. in like two weeks. Well, th- you're going to be extremely disappointed, gentlemen, because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with having a newborn at home, but you don't listen to a lot of things. You watch a lot of TV on mute. Uh, you try. I'm learning how to do regular daily tasks in the most quiet form that I possibly can. So uh, for what we're listening to this week, it's a lot of the white noise machine. And and that's about it. I don't have music for you guys this week, but I'm hoping that the what we're listening to segment between the two of you and then the Sounds of Brunch playlist that we released every week, I'm hoping that can be my reintroduction to hopefully listening to some music in the near future uh, as I try and figure out that p- part of my life. But wait, you had music the week before last, though. Uh, but you did. You had music the week before last. Oh, you want me to explain the... Those? If you have no- yeah, because if you have nothing but um, Olivia's beautiful sounds that, 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 that she makes. Yeah. Yeah, so I had uh, I put Justin Bieber on the uh, playlist a couple weeks ago, and uh, shoot, what was the other one? Uh, the Hot Girl Bummer. I put those, and those were sponsored by uh, sitting in the parking lot of a doctor's office while your wife goes in to have her checkup, because <laughs> during COVID, uh, husbands aren't allowed into the doctor's office with their wives. So I spent a lot of time in the car, just listening to regular radio. And, uh, those two songs I just enjoyed. They got me through sitting in the car for like 45 minutes. So I, uh, I, Justin, I appreciate you. And, uh, that's where that came from. Okay. I wondered, I wonder, I thought those are picks off the board. 
a little yeah, bit. I, was, or I wonder. I was I was very anxious to hear your uh, explanation or reasoning behind those. So uh, double yeah. R, regular radio, bringing those back for you. Okay. And I had a lot. I don't, I don't have the notes in front of me. I had a lot of like I researched Hot Girl Bummer because I have nothing to do, and uh, it's a. It's good a song. It's a great song. I guess there's a lot of controversy and they think it's people think it's a response song to Hot Girl Summer and the posts and hashtags and stuff like that. And he says like the, the guy was like, no, it's not. But like then he talked more about it and, and it kind of is. I don't think he knows why he wrote the song, but it's I like it. I like listening to it. So. It was on there. It's just, it's just a cool breakup song. Like I like songs that are good, that make good use of the F word. Like, that's the thing. Like, I love breakup song. I love a really good breakup song that's not like a sad breakup song. I love a good, fun breakup song. And he's literally just saying, F you, I hate you, and your friends hate me too. Like, that, it, that those are breakups sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like CeeLo's F you or The Dreams Florida University. Like, I just, I like songs that, you know, that, you know, tell the ex, you know, F you. Because, yeah. you know, relationships don't always end great. Like, sometimes you're psycho she's psycho both of you are psycho i don't know like you know that's just how it goes (laughs) well chris one thing we'll be at least uh anxious to look forward to is your recap of our picks for next week's episode of of this week's sound of of brunch i always enjoy uh, your thoughts on our picks uh so my first one actually a couple of mine are gonna be from artists that i've put on playlists in recent weeks uh with some newer music uh, the first one being Remy Wolf. I put uh, her single Woo on from her, I think it was her EP, uh, I'm Allergic to Dogs. And uh, so she released a new single. And Chris, your your wife and now mother of your newborn, big fan of that song, Woo. She told me personally, big fan of Woo by Remy she, Wolf. She, she liked it a lot, yeah. She does. <laughs> uh, so a new like single that she dropped uh, last week, Monte Carlo. Super, super catchy. Uh, it's still got that like alt pop vibe. I'm becoming a bigger, bigger fan of hers. And every time I see some new music from her, I go to it right away. So uh, Monte Carlo from Remy Wolf, my first choice this week. All right. My first one is a is a throwback. Uh, about eight years ago, two guys, eh, nine years ago now, actually, uh, two guys you may know, uh, talked about them at the beginning of this. Jay-Z and Kanye West put out an album together called Watch the Throne. And it was their ninth anniversary this week. And a lot of people were posting videos from the Watch the Throne tour. And I was listening to the album this week. And I just talk about an album that has aged very well. Like I make, I actually think that I enjoy that album more now, and I enjoyed it then, but for different reasons. And it's like those themes that they're talking about in that on that album are what are a lot of what's going on today, and it's just a lot of what I'm going through right now. Like they're talking a lot about children. They're talking a lot about um, you know police brutality and what's going on in the streets right now. They're talking a lot about a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's a very relevant album for what's happening in 2020. And, and it's just a really, really great listen. It's them two at their absolute best. And, you know, as a Kanye West fan, sometimes you need to listen to Kanye West music to just forget about everything that he's doing right now. And that, um, you know, and watch the throne is a very, very good way to, uh, to do that. So that's one of the things I definitely listening to it. I'll put a, I'll throw a couple uh, great tracks from that on uh on the sounds of brunch playlist nice 
Very cool. Very cool. Uh, my next pick is somebody I honestly never thought I'd put on any sort of playlist, uh, especially for a pop punk song. And that's Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Machine Gun Kelly. You know, every once in a while, there'll be something that I like from him, but few and far between. But this pop punk stuff that he's doing, I dig it. I really do. I, he's done his research. He's working with the right people. He's not just trying to do it on his own. Uh, I encourage you to, to kind of find out everything that he's doing. I did enough research for the brunch buffet, so take it easy on me trying to keep this short. But um, he's released a couple of songs. Bloody Valentine came out earlier this summer, which is great. Uh, Concert for Aliens, another one I'm a big fan of. Uh, then he had another one with, um, who was it, with Black Bear uh, over the weekend as well that came out. But Concert for Aliens, I'll throw that one on uh, this week. Uh, the upcoming album is Tickets to My Downfall which is a great, great name for an album. Um, it's been delayed a couple of times, but it finally looks like it's going to be released sometime in September. So he's making it work with his voice and the styles there. Chris, I'm going to be very curious as to your opinion for this one, because this one, especially Concert for Aliens, has a very traditional classic punk, pop-punk vibe to it So uh, with the sound there. So I'm looking forward to more pop-punk from Machine Gun Kelly. Tickets to my downfall as he starts dating Megan Fox. <laughs> right. <laughs> not exactly, right? Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, MGK. I'm not really down for the downfall as <laughs> you and, and Megan Fox are just like, or, or making all the headlines on Instagram. You guys just posting yeah. pictures like naked in front of mirrors every day. Like, sorry. Um, the tickets to my dick. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. Anyways, uh, next pick is uh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle makes a lot. Kyle's somebody I wasn't a fan of until me and Dan saw him at Coachella because Dan and I were running around like wild animals that during this time of like no one that we really wanted to see was on stage at the time. But there were like five acts on at the same time that we were like, let's go see him for like 15 minutes. And that's probably why I have back issues is from that day. I really think they come back to that day. But anyways, Kyle was one of them and he was so good live, like super good live. And I never really messed with him before. And ever since then, I realized that the reason I'm not into Kyle that much is because he makes music for people that are younger than me, right? So, but it it's really good and it takes me back. And when he gets it right, like the song called Yes, that has Rich the Kid on it, it takes me back to a time when I was in my early 20s and we were going out all the time and we were just having fun. And it's just like, reminds me of that. You know, we talked about Chitty Bang a couple of weeks ago. We talked about like, you know, early Mac Miller, early like Wiz Khalifa, like just that early Wale, just that super fun music that those guys were making, like Big Sean at that time. And that's what Kyle's music like reminds me of, is music of just like, that time this is really bouncy it's really not about much other than like your friends and hanging and just like it's very innocent and i just enjoy that and the song called yes with rich the kid i just i just can't get out of my head that's that's a great pick uh yeah i think we were going between like greta van fleet um i'm trying to look up at the poster to think who else it was uh, i think it was between greta van fleet um tank and the bangas and then uh jack antonoff's band yeah yeah why i'm blanking on it right now uh, i don't know the song roller coaster is amazing but it was a that was a crazy amazing time um i like that pick uh another one i'm gonna go with is uh a group that you've probably heard of from their song i love it that they did with charlie xcx icona pop 
The uh, Swedish electropop duo is back and they dropped a track, which is so catchy feels in my body. Uh, it's a high energy dance track. Search is at the table. What's up search. <laughs> uh, but Icona pop feels in my body. Uh, that's an, that's an energy driver. Uh, good to hear from those two again. That's a really, really good song. So that's going on this week's playlist as well. Nice. <laughs> Sorry for the, for the stage crasher there. <laughs> Sersha getting ready. She heard Coachella and she got ready for right. 2045. <laughs> she was like super, super excited for uh, 2045. And um, I don't know if I've put any Trevor Daniel on this playlist, but I am a big fan of Trevor Daniel right now. Um, he's got this song called Past Life that I like the regular version of. Now he's got one with uh, Selena Gomez on there. And the song came out probably like a month ago or so. And I have just gotten really into his music. He has a song called Falling that's still on the radio a lot and i'm very surprised that if you if you had to have heard that while you were sitting in your car because i feel like it's on the radio every five seconds chris yeah and but uh falling is a really good song but uh past life is the one i'm gonna put on there and i really do like the remix with selena gomez and i'm not a big selena gomez fan but she sounds really good on it so um yeah trevor daniel past life put that on there too nice uh my last one to wrap things up i mentioned i had some artists uh that i've had on the playlist before in fact i'm gonna go back to one that i had on last week and i don't care uh glass animals their album dreamland came out uh, i had a single on from last week the album's fantastic it really is i'm really blown away i've always been a casual fan of glass animals but this collection of songs really impressed me and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so I'm going to put Tangerine, maybe another song on there as well from that Dreamland LP uh, that came out last week. So if you're into that type of alternative type of music, I encourage you to check that one out. So uh, that'll be what I rounded out with. Well, boys, this was fun. Yeah, this man. was good. I'm happy this- we're all back. Chris, right. tired. Dan, energetic as always. <laughs> trying to balance right that's it's all about this balance you know chris wasn't here last week to yell at me for my pumpkin spice takes so we need to have that balance (laughs) i know and the week before i could not tell you how horribly uh shit what's that will ferrell song yeah yeah ding dong how much i hate that song I wanted to, I'm so pissed my power went out because I wanted to rip you a new one for that. That, like, I told you guys before, we had took Jay Sean off the playlist because he was ruining my vibe when I was working out. Imagine Mm. Yaya Ding Dong coming on when I'm bench pressing. It was awful. So bad. And and I got all these people on Twitter telling me, no, it's good. I'm like, no, no, it's not good. It's awful. It is awful. So... There's my last recommendation is to never listen to that song. I, I shouted out all of my supporters from that because I know they tweeted at both of you and all on our Facebook page and everything. And I, I very much appreciate that. Chris, you need to go back to the stadium sounds of brunch for your, uh, for your pump up. Your, your, your wife needed that for being in labor as well. I hope she, I hope she cashed in on that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding dong, not best for a workout playlist, but other than that, it's the song of the summer. That might have been the best. That might have been the biggest reaction that we've gotten to, like comment wise, on any post that we've anything with Yaya Ding Dong. Because <laughs> the amount of people who hit me up and were like, "Oh my god, I watched this movie! I watched this movie! I love this movie! I love that song!" I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Like, uh, thank I, you, all you people. Thank you, thank you for the support. Wow, my god, 
Well, that's it for the brunch breakdown. Let us, uh, everybody, tell them, everyone, tell them where they can find everything brunch breakdown. Ooh, tell them. Uh, well, they can follow us on social media at Brunch Breakdown. Of course, we're on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, please follow us on all those. We will follow you back. Uh, and you can always find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, anything, everything. It's all there. Uh, and then the video podcast is also available on youtube when except for when the power goes out at uh chris's house but other than that usually the full video episodes are up at youtube and also on our facebook page as well oh, i love it well boys uh until next time we'll see you all at the table we out peace <laughs>